The NFL draft has come to a close, but the Chiefs aren't done. They're making signings, trades, and they're setting tags that we didn't even know were still in use. We're going to get to it all today on Locked On Chiefs. From the land of the free and the home of the Chiefs, this is the Locked On Chiefs podcast. Man, I tell you, it certainly is different. Welcome, friends and neighbors. This is Locked On Chiefs, part of Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day on every platform for free, including YouTube. If you would like and sub and hit the bell, please, that would help us out. lot going on. We're going to get into it. Thanks for making us your first listen. Please check out the draft show because we're still running down a ton of stuff from the draft over there. Eric Crocker and I, we would appreciate your listen. I'm Ryan Tracy, the founder of Rogue Analytics and Performance Consultant, home of the Athletic Matrix, which was heavily in use this draft in particular, especially on day three. A lot of stuff going on there. And, uh, you know, you can check that out at NFL33.com as well. That's my Substack stack uh, that is still team building oriented because this is the part of team building that is post-draft that really makes a difference. And we're seeing that with Kansas City today. Yeah, and they're doing some things that we haven't seen before. Uh, and we'll get to that in just a second. I am Chris Clark, founder of Chiefs Corning. Find my stuff over at kcchiefscorner.com. Uh, be sure to go check that out. I'm running down all the different draft picks uh, and going through and telling you what their contract is going to cost uh, once they get signed to their contract coming up. Uh, lots to talk about, though. Kansas City did multiple different moves, and it's just it's a lot different than what I expected. Now, I, I was going to talk about the UDFA class because a lot of uh, people are calling it the number one UDFA class. Uh, I happen to agree. And that was even before the signing this morning. We'll get to that in a little bit because this afternoon, just before we started recording, the Chiefs went and did something else and made a trade for Lonnie Johnson, uh, Jr., sorry, the six foot two DB out of Houston that's been there for a couple of years. Uh, he, they tried to use him on Travis Kelsey one on one when they played a couple seasons ago. Um, didn't work well. Former it, second it, round it, pick. It, Right, but that's my point. Like, they tried it, it didn't work. And so since then, his stock has kind of gone down. And now the Chiefs are like, well, you did a good enough job on Travis. We're going to bring you in and turn you loose on something else and do something different. Really interesting timing because they went long and they went tall in the draft at the corners positions after Trent McDuffie, who certainly is is, is atypical for what this team likes. Way so, like, he is. Well, yeah, I mean, he's he's such a, an outlier for what this team usually mm-hmm. does. Like, everything else since his selection has really said, hey, by the way, we're still that, like, long, tall, athletic type. You know, don't worry about the one because we just like that player so much. But this just goes even further back to I had uh, Johnson as a second-round pick on my board back in the day. Um, he certainly has not done well in Houston. I can't say that anybody really has, though. Could you? No, and I think that's something to watch. You look at how that whole franchise has played out over the past couple of years. Uh, not many people have, have fared very well, so I'm not going to hold that against him. And I think it's a very interesting move and interesting timing, to be quite honest. They go and draft three corners and another guy that some people would put at corner with uh, Johnson, and then they sign uh, these different UDFAs. And we'll, like Ryan said, we'll talk about that a little bit later, but – this is just an interesting time to make this kind of trade. I don't know if it really means anything for the Chiefs roster because obviously Houston was giving him away. Uh, they got him for a 2024 seventh round pick, conditional seventh round pick to be clear, um, mm-hmm. which is basically giving him away. Uh, so I think that 
take with it what you will. I just I'm not sure what it means for the roster. Oh, I think it's a, it's a serious addition myself. It could this be. is this is a this is a guy that was not that far rated behind DeAndre Baker, who hasn't made you know an all star progression either. So like, there's a serious competition level there for me. Now, did he play that well? No, but I'll tell you one of the problems was is the Houston Texans decided last season to take a guy who played corner in college and had played decently at corner in the league and throw him at free safety, and he played like trash. And that's what sent his stock a-tumbling. Honestly, I think the key here is that he played with Justin Reed, and they know each other well, and they worked with each other at the safety position. So, Yeah, and I think – I guess what I meant by I'm not sure what it means is I'm not sure what it means for the guys that are currently on the roster. We know Snead's going to be on the roster. We know McDuffie's going to be on the roster. Uh, we figure Williams is going to be on the roster. Beyond that, I'm not exactly sure who's going to be on the roster. Uh, Watson may be on the roster if he plays well enough that they think that they need to put him on the roster. But I guess really my point is, is I'm not so sure Fenton is going to be on the roster with this kind of trade and this kind of movement. Well, we're going to see. And I'm going to pull the athletic matrix from from Lonnie back in the day. I remember it was good, but it wasn't like elite. I do think in terms of like change of direction, it was better than what we saw from Rashad. But Rashad's made plays for this team in this yep. league. Lonnie's made some plays as well, just not as many. And quite frankly, I feel it's because he's been misused quite often. So I do see for him a return to corner. Yeah, no, and I think he's going to play the corner position. I'm just looking at trying to figure out how the roster construction is going to go. You figure you're going to have to keep six. Right now, uh, Baker seems to be an odd man out, obviously. And that's a question, you know, who is going to be the other odd man out if there's going to be another one. So just something to keep in mind. I, I think this is an interesting signing, an interesting trade, and I, I like it. I just – he may, may end up being a starter, and for the price that you're paying for him, that's f- fantastic. Yeah. And he would only be here for, for a year. But Right. It's, that That is true. That is that is the caveat there, right? I will tell you this, though. I can definitely see this team keeping six corners and only four safeties this yeah, upcoming too. season. So that – that could lend itself, especially when you have guys like him who've played safety as well. So in a pinch, whatever, you can move somebody over. Um, again, playing free high single and even in free split that they played him a lot at Houston, it didn't work out well. It, it's a different thing. And much like Javarius Ward, I, I felt like coming out of college, London needed to be in contact with the receiver. So I, I'm not going to bet against him playing safety again, but I, I would say that he should be a corner. If there's a prop out there, though, I'll bet you it's on bet online because you might be able to put some money down on whether he plays safety or corner. Uh, that might be a very short-lived bet, but you want to go do that. And you can get all the information, all the stats, all the help that you need to make sure that you put your money on the line in a smart way that gets you some return over there. It's super simple. They have podcasts. They have stats. They have everything that you need. It's an easy-to-navigate website, and you can get there really easily. So go over there. Check out Bet Online. It's where the game starts. So that's that's the news of this afternoon. Well, sort of. Some of it. It's not all of it. <laughs> no, it's not all of it. And I, I, I don't want to do Justin Ross a disservice. So let's talk about him first. And then we'll get into this crazy cap thing. Um, Justin Ross. Phenom as a freshman with Trevor Lawrence. Yep. Had some injuries. Had some disgruntledness. Uh, had a quarterback that really wasn't up to par last season and showed his disdain and quite frankly looked like he checked out at times had another injury spinal fusion this time then he had a foot injury 
Um, some believe that the foot injury is what cost him his testing this offseason. So a lot of negatives checking him down, mostly based on medical. No one wanted to touch him. As I heard it, there's four teams that even kept him on their board for the draft. And clearly, the Chiefs were the only one willing to sign him. So they did. This is one of those things that it's what you're, you're risking pennies to make millions, in my opinion. No, absolutely. And I, I said this earlier today, talking to one of my friends. I said that if you look at this signing, even if you give him, even if you pay him something like 200000 250000 to be on NFI for the year, if he's able to pan out, it's worth millions down the line. If yeah. he can't play That's, this year, it doesn't matter if he can play I, in the future. Sorry. I know I, I like the way that you're putting that because that's that's really it. Like this has nothing to do with 2022. Anything in 2022 is gravy, right? Right. Because he's had such a rough go injury-wise. I, I think the signing bonus was 12000 bucks. Like, Well, and I'm just saying I don't know what they have to pay if he goes on NFI. I, I would have to look into that. But they're going to have to pay something more than just $12,000. But the right. point is, is that if you put him on NFI because he is eligible for NFI as long as he doesn't practice – then he is a kid that can be sitting on NFI much like Malik Reed did in 2021 and isn't going to count against the roster. He's going to be on NFI the entire season. And it's one of those deals where you get to keep him, you get to you know help him with his rehab. And I will say this, of all the people in the NFL that I would trust to do some kind of rehab with a guy like this, Rick Burkholder is way up there. So I like this move. I think it's a great low-risk signing. Uh, and at worst, I think, and, and again, don't quote me on this. I'd have to go look at the at the NFI rules. Uh, at worst, maybe you're out $750,000 if he can't ever play. But yeah. the ability to do what he did in 2019, he's a wide receiver that does, that is able to do things that a lot of wide receivers can't do. And it is worth millions of dollars if you can get him worked out and get it – uh, turned around going forward. I, I said it on the NFL draft pro, um, broadcast. He he is the offensive equivalent of Derek Stingley. Like his freshman film was his best film, and it all fell apart injury wise after that. So it is much more of an estimation. But unlike Stingley, who got to do his pro day and is fully healthy and has been cleared not only to practice but to play, there's a lot less concern about him than there is about Ross. So. I think you're absolutely right. If he stays and just has to rehab for a year and go on the, the the Cornell Powell and the Malik Herring program, you still have the opportunity to have that guy that even when injured this last season showed flashes of his old self yep. where he's kind of a skinny dude, but he plays the X. He can get off of press. He can play through contact. Um, he's not quite as stout as, as some of the other guys that we've seen in that role in this offense. But he's there, and he makes some spectacular catches. He tracks the ball really well. This is, this is well worth the investment. Yeah, and that's something you can't teach. And thank you for for saying Malik Harry. And I I said the wrong name. I apologize. Um, but you're absolutely correct. And that is one of those things you cannot teach the ball skills that he has, and some of the intangibles that he has that go along with his game, or even the tangibles. I guess if you want to call them that, the way he tracks the ball, the way he's able to make some insane catches. I went back and watched a highlight reel of how he destroyed Alabama in uh, the 2019 game. And some of the catches I've, I saw him make in that game were just absolutely nuts. And those guys are in the league now. Yeah. Yeah. Josh Job. Uh, is it Josh Job? Yeah. 
Uh-huh. The, yeah, the corner from Alabama, he's in the league now. Yeah. And I don't remember what round he was drafted in. I know he was drafted this past this past draft. But, yeah, it, it's legitimate, and it is something that is a huge buoy for Kansas City if they can turn this into something in the future. And, really, for the risk of what you're paying, it's nothing. So, I, I absolutely think this was a fantastic signing. And, you know, Kansas City went into it knowing that he may not play in 2022. And you also know that Kansas City went into it knowing that they have Rick Burkholder, who's already looked at all of his medicals and already has an idea whether or not this guy is going to be able to play. They wouldn't have signed him if they don't think he can play. So Eventually, yeah. yeah. I mean, this is much like the Tim Ward program, the Malik Aaron mm-hmm. program. Like, this is going to get down the road. I, I, I worry that everyone's so excited because what they've seen his highlights from that like they, they, the expectation is that he can come play. He is clear to practice, as I understand it. But I, I think we got to hold down expectations to just see what the Chiefs evaluation is. Um, he was – I can't remember the name of his surgeon, but uh, he is – From um, the Steelers, I think. Yeah, he's a physician within the league. Like he has a good reputation. So um, I, I'm guessing that the Steelers were one of the other teams that had him still able to be signed at least, if not selected in the draft. So – Let's see what he can do. OTAs are, are going to be a prime time to see what does he have. He, he only ran the four sixes. He actually played faster on that in, in film as a freshman and not honestly his, his sophomore year as well. So, like, I think there's still some upside there. We'll see what the foot feels like. Yeah, and there's upside just because of, like we talked about earlier, the stuff that he can do when the ball's in the air is something Kansas City doesn't have currently on this roster. Yeah. So, so. – I thought that was going to be the biggest news of the day. Evidently not. And there's still another chunk. Melvin Ingram is in part of it, folks. We're going to get into him and what that means for the pass rush in a second. Let me tell you about our friends over at Rock Auto, though, before we get there, because Rock Auto is a place, if you have car parts that you need to buy, you need to go to rockauto.com and order your car parts from them. Save time and money when using Rock Auto. Why choose to spend 30 to 100% even more for the same parts from a chain store or a car dealership, Rock Auto is a family business serving do-it-yourselfers for over 20 years. And I know Ryan is a very big uh, user of Rock Auto because he, yeah, <laughs> he, he always breaks his trucks. Dodge parts. Yeah, he always breaks his trucks. Rock Auto prices are reliably low for every customer. They have everything you can need. Brake parts, tail lamps, motor oil, and even new carpets. I don't know if they have tra- you know trailer hitches i would imagine probably i'm not sure if they have you know the bumpers that you know ryan may need because he runs into okay there you go you know you know because you've used it so go explore their easy to use website today to find the solution for your auto parts needs go to rockauto.com right now and you see all the parts available for your car truck right locked on in there how did you hear about us box so they know that we sent you amazing selection reliably low prices all the parts your car will ever need rockauto.com All right, so now it gets to the interesting part that kind of has me a little flabbergasted. I was trying to look before we did the podcast. I've never seen this done. Kansas City placed a tag on Melvin Ingram, and it's a UFA tag, and it basically states that if he is not signed by another team by July 22nd or whenever their training camp date is, uh, if it's earlier – then he is allowed, or then he's back in Kansas City. He can't go anywhere else, and they will pay him 110% of his salary from 2021. Wait, say that again. 
110% of his salary from 2021. If no one else signs him. If no one else signs him. Okay. So he becomes an exclusive member. Yeah, at 4.4, which would be 4.4. I can't remember what he made, but 4.4 is 110% of of whatever he made last year. Uh, That is the number. And this was also given to Justin Houston this year, which by the Ravens, this is actually a brilliant move in Kansas City's part for Melvin Ingram because I would take Melvin Ingram at 4.4 million. Uh, They have the cap space. They have the need. Yeah, I think this is a great move from them. And you just never see this being done. No, I've never seen it used before. I've only heard it talked about a couple of times. Yeah. I went and looked on the NFL website when they started talking about different tags and designations. It's not even on the NFL website. So (laughs) that's how unlikely it is to be used normally. And I'm not sure why it wouldn't be used more. Uh, but it, you know, it's just one of those things. It's, I like it because it gives them Melvin Ingram. If Melvin Ingram doesn't sign a contract, if he does, I don't think they get anything in return. Uh, but no, if he signs elsewhere, they get, uh, they get a comp pick, right? Oh, that's right. He's still, yeah, he's still able to get a comp pick. That's the, that's the other side of the designation. You're right. Which I I love that. Speaking of comp picks, the guy that just got signed that used to be a chief that is not a, going to be counted into the comp pick designation is Tyron Matthew who just signed with the New Orleans Saints two minutes after that comp pick designation does not apply anymore (laughs) I wonder what that was all about yeah and I wonder why they didn't do that to Tyron Matthew yeah I'm yeah because I would have I would have considered doing that because I, I will say this this has been something that has been talked about since the draft was over on Sunday, that Tyron Matthews is going to sign with New Orleans. So mm-hmm. it's been a known deal. So they are completely circumventing the rules by waiting to sign him until after. But the contract was announced two minutes after it would count towards a comp pick. So I really hope Kansas City does something to try to get a comp pick out of it. I think they should. Yeah. yeah. It would at least offset Justin Reed. That's yeah, thing. no, it, de- it definitely would. But I, I don't know that the letter of the rule has actually been broken. It's, it seems like a gray area to me. If it huh. were the reverse and the Chiefs were waiting to sign somebody, I'd say, hey, the time expired. You don't get nothing. I would agree with that if if they hadn't already said that they were going to sign. <laughs> That's my problem with it is yeah. that it's been announced by multiple different sources that he was going to sign with New Orleans. And they literally just waited until two minutes after the deadline. So. To me, that's my point. And I will say this, even if it was Kansas City doing the same thing, I would say that that should count towards comp, the comp pick penalty. I know people won't agree with that, but... Yeah, well, what are you going to do? Right. It's the rules. So it's Any intriguing pre- to me that there's enough of a relationship there that they're comfortable in saying, okay, we're, we're going to put this tag on you. So if you go elsewhere, we still get a comp pick. But if not, you come back at a predetermined salary. So we're not negotiating anymore. This isn't, right. hey, Mel, what do you want? This is this is what we're going to pay you, just like last year when you went to Pittsburgh and then they didn't want you anymore, and then you came here. So for me, the question becomes, what's the relationship like? Is this something where he's like, uh, I don't know what I'm going to do, and he's just hemming and hawing because he doesn't want to go to camp, which I guess. Uh, or, or is it, you know, they're just – crossing their T's, you know, and having some kind of veteran there besides Frank Clark to help Carlox come along or that something like that. 
or or could it be more combative than that? Is it is it a situation where possibly he's going to be here or get us a comp pick and he might not be that happy about it? Hard to know. I think that he wanted to be here. I think that this is probably not going to be looked at on the player side and be very, and they're not going to be very happy about it. <laughs> I will put it that way. Uh, but I do think that they, that he probably wanted to come back to Kansas City. I think he would have wanted to negotiate his own contract uh, and time frame. But the whole camp thing, I get what you're saying, and, and that's probably accurate. But the other side, I will say, is that. Uh, when it comes to training camp, Andy Reid is one of those guys that's going to give veterans days off. So especially a guy like Melvin Ingram, he's going to, I would imagine he probably only practices maybe 60% of the time if he comes to camp, like full out no practices. Right. I have, I have no problem with Melvin not coming to camp, especially now because Carl Loftus needs every rep that he can get. He's got, he's got a ways to go in certain aspects of the game. Like what he's good at, he's very, very good at. Yep. A lot of the national analysts, feel like he's hit his limit in terms of like upside. I, I disagree with that. He's a young player. He hasn't been playing that long. His handwork in particular, given that his arms are shorter. He's only played six years, right? Right. Yeah. At I least that's, that out. that's what I understand it. Yeah. And so I, I feel hand usage wise, technique in general, how to accentuate leverage. Like I think those are all things he can improve on. Right. So he's got the power in the first step down. Like, that's natural for him. It's now becoming an evolved player, uh, much like happened with Ryan Kerrigan. He got better with those tools as he went along as well. And so I do think there's some upside there, but this allows them to get him every rep. If if Melvin's going to end up being your starter, Melvin doesn't need camp. Karloftis needs camp. Well, and I don't know that Melvin ends up being the starter. I think that if he comes back to Kansas City, I think he's going to be a rotational guy. Mm. That's fair. Because Honestly, I don't you, think you, I don't think you want to keep – Huh? Him and Frank Clark add up to a player. You know what I mean? <laughs> well, I, I guess my point is, is I don't think that they want to take those snaps away from Carl Loftus because, yes, you right. need all the snaps you can get in training camp, but he needs practice against going against all the different competitions he's going to face during the year, too. So, in my mind, if you know Melvin is just going to be a pass rusher that's going to help you from time to time, he becomes your rotational guy and helps you, and Carl Loftus is going to be – I will say this, the other side of it that this gives you the ability to do is maybe you run Karloftis inside from time to time and, and you have all three of them on the field. Yeah. Have Karloftis on the field with Jones and, and Ingram and, and Frank Clark. I like that concept. I, I like Karloftis inside. I even said if they do change or one And I'm not saying all the time. Fronts, yeah. No, no, I know. But uh, passing downs maybe. maybe yeah, no, I just wanted to be clear on that. Yeah. Yeah. I have said, too, that if Cullen's presence means that they're going to throw some 3-4 looks in there, I like Karloftis as a 5-tech as well. That's yeah. on my evaluation from the get-go. So, like, he has a little versatility there that I like. Now, folks, we, we didn't get to the UDFA class, which is smoking. We will go over that tomorrow. Obviously, we touched on Justin Ross, but he's just like – he's like the cherry on top. Or if we were talking about, uh, you know, this is football, so meat and potatoes. So, he's like the meatball on top of the pile of spaghetti. He's like the finishing touch. There's a lot of quality players in this UDFA class, and that's what the Chiefs need as well. It's amazing how many UDFAs make it around the league and and stock your roster, especially from 34 back. So, And, they, and, and I just thought it was interesting they picked up a QB, so I wonder if Anthony Gordon, who signed last week, is going to be gone just as quick. You, you never know. Um, and I liked what I saw from Crum. I only saw one game of Crum. Um, he was at Kent State for those who – 
who heard um and I did watch him play against uh Chad Moomin and the Wyoming Cowboys so uh, we can talk about that tomorrow folks so UDFA class and who knows maybe the Chiefs are still trading away we'll let you know everything that comes up tomorrow make sure you like sub and hit the bell over on YouTube and subscribe on the audio platforms we are your team every day on every platform for free thanks for listening to us today